everyone. Welcome back to Gaming the System with Matt and Alex. This is the podcast where we look at uh, gaming through a feminist lens. This is another bonus round, which will be a deep dive between myself and Alex into Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Now, Alex has finished playing it for the time being, and I finished playing it a couple of months ago, so this will be a refresh for me. Um, and hopefully, Alex, your, uh, your memories might be a bit... Um, uh, fresher than mine, mm-hmm. so I've got I've got the the wisdom of time yeah. on my side of, uh, of uh, having having experienced it. So, first off, just general impressions. If someone walked up to you on the street and says, "Oh, what did you think of Assassin's Creed Valhalla?" Mm. How would you respond? It's a big game. Definitely would say that would be my first impression. I definitely feel like they've fleshed out the mythological aspects of the game a lot more than in previous iterations of Assassin's Creed. So if you're into Norse myth, it's definitely one for you. Um, Generally speaking, though, I do feel you can quite quickly get uh, fatigued as it were, because a lot of the a lot of the missions can be quite grindy until you realise you need to actually be doing the main quest rather than um, the side quest. Or at least I found it took me a while to figure out which ones were the main quests. Um, I don't know if you had the same trouble. Um, but yeah, so there's some issues around that, I would say. But generally, if, if you know you like the later Assassin's Creed, then this is m- more of the same, essentially, just set in in the in Anglo-Saxon England for the most part. Um, so, and I do know that obviously they did have to squidge down England to make it fit into the game map. So, some parts are not as accurate as as they would have been in real life. But you know, it's a game at the end of the day, so you can't expect everything. Thought um, it is it is big, mm. it is long, yeah. It is it is stuffed with with stuff, even yeah. though it's um, uh, like nine percent of its collectibles. But I did I really enjoyed the amount mm. of collectibles because it was a it was a time when I needed something sort of endless to sink yes. my teeth into. Yeah, and um, when the last two Assassin's Creed games now, I've been quite um, scathing with them at mm. the start yeah. and then sort of let my expectations go down and just enjoy it for what it is. That's so, so kind of like what I did with the God of War um, trailer. Yeah. And now you're like, actually, it's great. Yeah. Yeah. It was... I yeah so once I once I overcame that bit I started looking at just enjoying um the I think they they've exhausted their sort of um the places where they can have that massive um open mediterranean map I would agree normal yeah. um uh ships sailing around mm. and so to, now you don't have that anymore um so it was quite a bold idea i think just to have it as long ships going down 
rivers. Hmm. Um, it's. I think it paces itself quite well. I think. Yeah. I didn't get bored with the main quest. No. Actually. Yeah. I was actually interested in in uh, in like progressing it and looking mm-hmm. pretty good and yeah. Just uh, running around. It was uh, my at first. I thought it was quite a flat game because England mm. was quite flat. But I just thought, ah, oh, it's, it's maybe because we we live here. Yeah, we're just I used to it. Yeah. I wonder what it's like to someone, um, someone who doesn't live in England. I think, yeah. oh, it's very very pretty and autumnal. Mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they certainly the environment of England are very very impressive. Like the absolutely vast landscape when you first do your first um synchronization point um, and do the eagle dive except you don't get that skill until a little bit later um which was a surprise to me but uh, um i thought the way they've they've uh, mapped out the landscapes of england and the rolling hills uh, they're very well done and they, they do have their own sort of beauty to them which kind of makes you appreciate where you live a little bit more you're like actually it's quite nice here yeah um, but having said that, I haven't uncovered the part of England where I live yet because it's too high a level for me at the moment. There's still quite a lot of England I haven't uncovered in terms of the uncovering the map. So there's still a lot of it to go. Um, but I do just keep getting... It is very, very easy to get distracted by um, a lot of the um, collectibles, as you say, which is fine because I love collectibles and also a lot of the mini games like Orlog it's very distracting like I mentioned in one of our previous episodes I spent I think it was a solid three or four days just playing Orlog in, instead of doing anything to do in the quest I would just boot up Valhalla and be like right time for more Orlog because I'd figured out how to win which was uh, which was fun um, so yeah but I will jump back in when I'm in the right headspace for it I think you have to be in that sort of mood um, and obviously everyone feels like they have different games for different moods and that's fine as well but yeah there's definitely a large chunk of it I still have to do I would say that leads on to um, uh, well so I've, I've had this problem with um, this Assassin's Creed and the last Assassin's Creed because they because they they wait like six months to put the DLC packages it's out. Very true. Yes. So I buy the game uh, with the, like the gold edition, so it comes included. Mm. And then I've sort of I've exhausted the game by the time the DLC comes out. And I sort of like, oh, you have to sort of be in the swing of it to really enjoy. Yeah, it. exactly. Yeah. I, I haven't played the Irish one or the Siege of Paris yet. No, when I bought my copy, it was in anticipation of getting a PS5, like, when it came out initially, which was very foolhardy and very naive, I now realise it took me months to get a PS5. So by the time I actually got a PS5, um, and I'd already bought a copy of the game, it wasn't a game with any DLC in it, which was rare for me, because I usually buy the gold edition. And I did do for the previous two. So I don't have access to the DLC, even if I was at that point, which I'm not. But I'm probably going to just buy it in a sale, hopefully, once I have finished the game, which will probably take me another couple of months, I would I would reckon, at the pace I'm going. But that's fine, because by that time, I'll be, um, like you say, in the swing of it. 
and ready to move on to the next parts. I'm definitely, I always love the discovery tours and I'm looking forward to that coming up because that's free anyway. So I'll definitely be getting that. But I did feel like the quality was slightly lacking in, in Odyssey compared to Origins. And I am biased, obviously, having studied Egyptology more at uni. Um, it was the subject I was more interested in. But even then, there were some areas that they could have focused on, which they didn't quite cover um, in the Discovery Tour. But I did enjoy it. And I think what they've done with it is really cool. Like they've been using it in schools and stuff to to help with education there. So there's all sorts of different uses. And it's exciting to see that come out of this type of game. There's, there's, there's uh, I think the Sussex Greens done a massive amount for people's interest in history. Mm. There's a story yeah. about the kid, the kid who got separated from like his school um, uh, group when he was in uh, Venice, and he managed to find his way back to them. Wow, well, that's played so funny. Too. Yeah, that's so funny. Wow, that is that. That's what's so good about um, the earlier ones as well. They did try and recreate the map because they were just focusing on cities they could then do it like almost exactly right um for a lot of the locations which was really cool yeah that's just reminding me uh, so if i forget at the end of the session we'll finish on the question what mm -hmm. do you want to see for assassin's creed future mm -hmm. okay so we'll, we'll I'll think about that. that. But yeah. So you mentioned Orlog. Uh, next question is: What were our favourite things to do uh, in the game? So we go, we'll go one at a time. So you yeah. said Orlog. Yeah. Um, I loved um, doing the Viking raids. I mm. really enjoyed like going. Um, uh, they were like the first things I wanted to do because they're so. I wanted to uncover the map via the the rivers straight away so that mm. takes you everywhere and get some fast travel points everywhere yeah and then just seeing all of the forts all over the place and i loved um uh trying to uh defeat the really high level forts mm. as yeah. soon as possible because you can you need to get in there and assassinate the knights yeah and one of the key um issues I had with um, uh, Odyssey was that you're an assassin. What defines that is that you can kill anyone with one strike if yeah. you sneak up on them. But in that, you couldn't you couldn't do that if the enemy was high level enough, which sort of nullified you as yeah. an assassin. But now I think they've come up with a really elegant solution for that where you can, even they're really high, you can stab them and still... and take them out and yeah. then you run off and then you come back and kill the other ones yeah and then you just need to hide from the um the enemy long enough to get a mate to smash a door down mm. yeah yeah no fort infiltration was always a favorite thing of mine to do as well um especially like thinking about the, the newer trilogy as a whole it's definitely one of my favorite things to do in origins i would spend hours just stealthily going around until I got spotted and then all hell would break loose. But it was always it was always a fun puzzle to try and work out the best route round to to um to certain spots that you needed from forts like all the resources and stuff. 
Um, the other things I like doing in Valhalla, though, um, one of my favourites is just spending time in the environment, particularly there's a spot in Norfolk, ironically enough, which is, which is just um, a beach with loads of seals on it. And I would go there when I just needed time out from fighting. I'd be like, I just need to chill with the seals. And uh, I think there was a puzzle there, some kind of, um, what did they call it? Not a stone hinge, like a, a sea hinge, you know. Well, and the cones as well. Cones are great. But yeah. It was like you had to match the, um, the symbol, you know, and that was quite a fun puzzle to do. Um, but, yeah, just finding that spot with all the seals was really nice. No, I could just watch them for hours because they're so cute and they swim around and sometimes they pop out of the water and everything. Um, but it's just nice to be able to be like, well, I'm going to go and sit in the world for a bit and just look at the world that I'm in um, and not have to do anything except just sit, uh, which is something that you can do a lot of in Assassin's Creed because it's so beautiful. I was um, been editing videos of our past episodes into the little clips, and I was watching the Hannah Bar and Brown episode. And one thing they talked about was um, she has the need to be productive at all times. Mm, yes. And I just thought that makes me twitch. I can't. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's such a. I can't bear the idea of thinking. Oh, you need to do that all the time. So just yeah, finding a nice beach with mm. some seals. Yes. In a game, and just sitting there. Yeah. I'm sure Hannah would hate that. She probably would. She'd be like, where's the next puzzle I need to solve? She needs a knitting game. She does. Oh, imagine that. That'd be cool. Um, Talking of, uh, like, the productive Mm. aspects of, like, one of the important things, is, um, like, the... Have you played any of the... uh, the anomaly, like, free-running... Yeah, yeah, they're they're quite quite interesting. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's just really basic platforming essentially, and then a little bit of light puzzle, puzzle solving to work out how to make platforms appear in certain places. And then I can't, I can't remember actually what happened last time I got to the top of one. Is it? They're just little snippets of cutscenes, a bit like when you used to get bits of the um, vision of the Apple of Eden from the very old Assassin's Creed games so there's something there that's going to be revealed i expect um i don't know yet because i haven't found them all but uh it was interesting that they've kind of melded the present day character into that part of the game as well so it feels like they're a bit more connected than some of the other assassin's creeds um in terms of reminding you that you're actually playing an avatar rather than the actual character itself Mm. Okay. Uh, moving on, uh, going like uh, jumping off of that bit, mm-hmm. uh, we'll go to some criticisms. Okay. So uh, related to the last thing you said, I thought I thought in in Origins um, and uh, Odyssey, I thought um, Layla, yeah, that's it, character. yeah. I thought she was a really interesting character, and they mm. did that really well. I feel like in this one, they sort of made her a a non a non factor. I didn't feel mm. any 
character. Maybe that's yeah, he was just certainly, in one place. Even though I haven't finished the game, I've probably been playing for at least at least 50 hours, if not moving up to near 100 now. But I feel like the beginning, when they establish like what's happened to Layla and the rest of the crew, feels like literally years ago. And so it's really easy to forget like that establishing the establishing cutscenes and things um and the story behind why they they are where they are now um so it does feel like because there's so much in the world of Valhalla while you're in the animus it does make you almost forget like the modern day aspect to it so i think that probably contributes quite a bit um but then they're always quite light on the modern day story anyway um, but yeah, I I don't know really. It's it's difficult to to really get a rounded idea of her character because I don't think we spend long enough with her in any of them, really. Um, but maybe that's just my opinion. Um, you could probably piece it together if you if you kind of sat with all the footage for a little while and and just played that. You'd be like, okay, so this is what's happening. But because there's so much in between times, it all just kind of gets pushed down to the to the bottom of your pile of things that are relevant. Um, at least in my head anyway. What do you think? Matt? Um I think they in the past they've been able to do it really well. For example, the uh, black flag mm. Monday stuff. That was genius i loved that i thought it was great genius, yeah, yeah. Um, i was that was actually the parts of the game i actually really wanted to get back to because i was like oh i need to find out what's going on in the, in the office which is which is not a feeling i've had with other assassin's creed <laughs> and the twist at the end one. as well was really cool mm. do you remember <laughs> yeah i think they integrated it really well yeah yeah and uh, yeah, I just I thought everything about that was brilliant. And I feel like they've been listening to people saying, oh, we're not really that bothered with the modern day stuff. Mm. And I think they're just going, we don't want to cut it entirely because that's the point of yeah. Assassin's Creed. We're just going to sort of make it really meek yeah. and not try and do anything bold with yeah. it. But it's just go, don't really care. <laughs> I think a lot of people are, are just saying they should just make it like... The, the, the ancient characters themselves and have no modern day equivalent um, because you are basically just playing out their, their entire lives more or less which has always been the case but um, yeah it definitely feels like they could have done the story potentially even without the modern day aspect to it I don't know it just feels like they're trying to cram too many storylines into, into one thing like with this they just sort of went just do, do everything yeah. make it as big as big as possible um i um i have some pet peeves okay uh, <laughs> um so there's a, a the ma- a main peeve is that it doesn't feel very assassiny mm, that's true yes viking being a viking isn't particularly assassiny no you've got to be loud uh, and proud when you're a viking yeah yeah don't the, pillage. You don't. You can't yeah. pillage quietly. <laughs> no. Uh, and the sieges, they were rubbish mm. compared to yeah. 
So we've both played Middle Earth Shadow of yeah. War. Yeah, That's which is like siege. Yeah, the pinnacle of siege gameplay. It's just so much more nuanced in, in Shadow of War and, and um, Shadow of Mordor or whatever. I forget the first title. Um, well, it was more the second one, though, wasn't it, with the sieges? But, yeah, I know. The sieges in Assassin's Creed Valhalla are pretty subpar compared, I would say. You know, you could pretty much just run through them. And you don't even have to fight anybody. You just sort of stand around um, and then maybe occasionally help push a log on the door. Um, and then it's pretty much... Yeah, from my experience, yeah, it was kind of like a do this thing, then do this thing, then do this thing, and you're done. And that's it. Whereas, yeah, there is a much more nuanced and uh, layered way of, of doing sieges that's much more involving, I think, with with the example of, of um, Shadow of War. But yeah. Mm. I feel like I was very aware of it felt like they were sort of struggling to come up with really good ideas, which is yeah. natural because they've lost their the Mediterranean setting mm. gave them so much variety to do. But when you're just going through trudging through England, you yes. know, we need to pillage. How do we make pillaging challenging? Yeah. And it feels like literally the only things they came up with was you need to it's very hard to assassinate the knights. And you can't, you, you need someone to help you knock a door down hmm. and yeah. put a fixed camera on you when you're doing it so you can't cancel when someone comes up behind you. Yeah. It feels like, that's, yeah. It feels like a lot of what they do is trying to slow you down because hmm. if you were to do it logically, then it would actually be quite easy. Hmm. So you should be able to just go in, assassinate a load of people, and then push, open a door yourself. Yeah, I got so frustrated waiting for people to come and help me open doors and open chests. And like, when you had to realise actually they can't get through the door because they can't climb the building and get in through the window. So you then had to open the door for them and wait for them to run at you. And then they'd get there and push it and wait for you. And you're like, I was waiting here for 10 minutes already. Ugh, frustrating. But yes, I was going to mention... Um, when you talked about like the Mediterranean setting, it put me in mind of like how much more exciting just the general environment of places like Greece and Egypt are compared to England. I may be biased again, and also living in England, you know, you're just used to it, aren't you? But like perhaps it, I could be wrong, but the medieval setting, or is it not medieval, Anglo-Saxon setting, um, isn't really that exciting compared to settings that we have pre previously played through like a lot more was happening in that world at the time not that well I mean in terms of like physical environments and the places you explore so in Origins for example I could so easily tell like what was happening in the parts of the map I was in because of the people that were in them and the languages they were speaking and the buildings that were there and all that sort of thing whereas when I'm more like running around England, I'm like, it says I'm in Yorkshire or wherever. And I'm like, well, I could be anywhere. I don't know. I can't tell the difference between this place and the place that's 50 miles away because they all look the same to me. <laughs> but that might just be me. I don't know. No, I think you, you can blame Christianity for that because yeah. 
dark ages, <laughs> literally a thousand years yeah. of them going, we're going to take this book, we're not going to teach anyone anything, we're not going to learn anything, and we're going to live in the mud mm. and just farm for a thousand years. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like a thousand years before in Odyssey, there were tremendous things going mm. on everywhere. Yeah cities and democracies mm. and wars and distinct people everywhere yeah. but then in Europe for a thousand years it was just mud and yeah. farming very much so. And no. so that's that's why it was so difficult to make it's so difficult to make mud and farming interesting mm. yes we hope you enjoyed that episode of Gaming the System. If you want to support us, you can donate to us through our PayPal by sending it to wearegamingthesystem at gmail.com if you want to send us a one-off donation. If you want to donate to us monthly, you can subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash gamingthesystem. Until next time, bye-bye.